Well, here we are back again at the Messenger Podcast. And you know what, Lisa? I'm just a little fired up right now because we just got back from Armenia and we literally spoke to thousands of pastors from all over the Middle East. And it was just an amazing time. So I wanted to seize a moment. You know, the truth is, uh, I remember the very first time I ever went overseas, I thought that I had to customize a message according to their culture. I didn't understand that people in Armenia and people in Russia and people in China, they actually was, wrestle with the same things that we wrestle with. I amazing. thought there was like Chinese challenges and Russian challenges and Armenian challenges. And the truth is everybody wants to do family well. So these dynamics of family, they cross culture, they are challenges for everyone. And so I love talking about this dynamic. And, you know, you shared in the last podcast that, you know, that your parents were, were rocks. I mean, they were just stable. You know, you, you, you never doubted that they loved you. They provided for you. They were not real verbal. They, well, your mom's real My verbal, mom's verbal yeah. but not real, um, like huggy, huggy and, and touchy uh, feely. Yes. Touchy feely. And, you know, in a defense of your mom with as many kids as she had, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to navigate, but what did that, what kind of challenges did that actually bring up in your life? Would you say? I think the challenge that it brought up is that when I met you, I wasn't very affectionate and I was, uh, I didn't know how to express my love. I loved you deeply, but I didn't know how to express it. And, uh, I think you really helped bring that out of me. And, um, that's, that was important. I mean, I remember when we, we, we actually met with a marriage counselor and I remember a statement he made to you and I, uh, he knew he could see that. And his name was Dell. And mm-hmm. I remember he, Dell said to us, he was Hey, a precious gift to us. Oh, he was. He said, John and Lisa, you can't even measure the value of just holding each other. He said, just hold each other. He said, it does so much. And I remember him, him to this day, I remember him saying that. And I've never forgotten that. And that's true. There are times, Lisa, that I'm just like a little stressed and I'm, I'm you know, and I'm not saying that I'm not going to God, but I'm saying God said it's not good for man to be alone. So obviously the way God ministers to us is through our spouses. And I, I know there's times when you and I have just held each other and all of a sudden I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, and I think that we need to be really clear that, I mean, we're, you're not, you're not necessarily, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at the way my husband is sitting. <laughs> we're doing two chairs. I'm doing this okay. to make her laugh. Yeah, I love it when no, Lisa why? laughs. He's got his butt cheek on two separate chairs. I don't even know what to say. Because these chairs are so hard. Are you feeling held right now? I'm I don't feeling, even, yeah, I'm, there's I'm feeling nurtured by the chair, baby. Okay. He keeps repositioning himself. So I'm okay. Trying. You just create I'm a great try. visual for everybody out there. Thanks, I'm babe. I'm trying so hard to take you seriously. You know, I have a lot of okay. people come up and tell me they enjoy our podcast. <laughs> I, I bet next week I won't hear as many people say it. I actually think they're going to like it even better. Uh, so, okay. I'm just trying to be serious. Well, I do know, I do know that there's two kinds of holding because a lot of times when women hear hold, they're like, if I got to hold my husband, that means I got to have sex. You're not talking about that. You're talking about just holding. Cause I do Mm -hmm. know there's been some times where I, I was going to storm in your office and I was either going to punch you or I was going to hug you. And if I went in and I hugged you instead of punched you, the problem was decompressed. And if I went in and punched you, it would escalate. (laughs) I would say what I said this morning when you slapped me. I said, hey, you still like me because girls always slap boys that they like. I didn't slap him hard. I was trying to get in the shower and he was diverting me. And I was like, get out of my way. I am on a mission. You know, people make your marriage fun. (laughs) 
keep it interesting. Be out of the box. Yeah, there we go. So listen, I I do remember you and I getting married, and I do remember that you really needed a lot of holding. Yep. And I know that that was something that my family was over demonstrative emotionally, not 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 constructively but over demonstrative emotionally. And, and I know that I was going to say, I, I, I think that you were actually always really affectionate with me when I initiated it. You were like, Hey, wait, I like this. But I will say one of the things of coming from a family that did not express their feelings, my family expressed their feelings too much, lived by their feelings that didn't express. I would say that the challenge for you was vulnerability. And when I would say, I just want you to talk to me, you, you didn't, you didn't know what to say. And what, well, it was hard for me to open up and really share with you. Don't you think a lot really of men feel that way? Heart. And yeah, I do. I really do. I think that's the hardest thing for guys is to really open up and share their, their innermost thoughts. Do you think men think that that's a sign of weakness? I do. And, and it's what do not. you think now? Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I think the more I have experienced it with you and the more I've experienced it with God, because God wants to be intimate with us the more I've realized how much we need intimacy as human beings. And so I, I, I knew how to open up my heart with God. That, that kind of helped start the process of pulling me out of a family who was extremely committed in action and faithfulness as far as you know our works, our deeds, and our family. But I didn't know how to open up my heart you know, because we didn't share our heart with each other. And I believe that when God began to become intimate with me in prayer, I started seeing the benefit of it, but then you had to show me how to do it as a one human being to another. And because I don't think it was modeled to us by our leaders, Lisa, back in the 80s, um, you didn't see intimacy among leadership. You didn't see intimacy among staffs. And to be honest with you, I felt like our our team of the church we worked in, the churches, were very dysfunctional uh, uh, in that regard. Absolutely. And, you know, and again, when people talk about the 80s, you know, the 80s had, it was a decade that had uh, great value added to the word of God, that the word of God was final, that the word of God was transformative, that the word of God had this, uh, the, the character of God woven into it. You could know who God was through his word. But I do remember that you and I were in a season of challenge in our marriage. And I went to, a, an older woman who was probably not the best choice. Cause I think she had been married multiple times, but I told her, listen, um, I'm having some problems in my marriage. And she was like, excuse me, in the natural, you're having problems in your marriage. And and I remember thinking, where else would I have it? Like, I'm not having problems in the spirit. And so you made me rephrase everything to a place I couldn't even talk about what I was going through. And so I don't think that that first decade of our lives in Christianity actually fostered vulnerability because it looked like a lack of faith. Whereas I look at David setting a pattern where he was incredibly vulnerable, incredibly open with God. And then, and then he would always finish it with, but I know your faithfulness, but I know who you are, but I know where I'm going to land. I know where my inheritance is. And I think a lot of times people don't understand that you, you can be vulnerable with God. We can be vulnerable with each other. And yet we always affirm that we believe the best in the other person and we're committed to the other person. You know, I, I think of, it, it's really interesting you brought up David because I was thinking in my heart about David when you were talking. And it's I because thought, I was reading your mind. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I will say I think there's a point here that we really need to get across, and that's this. David was intimate with God, 
He learned how to be intimate with God. I personally believe when he was a young boy watching would, yeah, the sheep. Vulnerable with God. I he was, would, yeah. he was intimate because he was vulnerable, correct? So I believe he learned that when he was watching the sheep because you can see that in the Psalms. But then you look at what it transcended into in his personal relation, interpersonal relationships with others. I mean, he literally said about Jonathan, he said, you, I, my soul has loved you. You've been more of a close friend to me than any of my wives. And you could see the deep, deep friendship between him and Jonathan, the commitment of that friendship. And that, I believe, came because they were both very vulnerable and intimate with each other. And I think they both had father wounds. I mean, when you look at the way uh, Saul talks about Jonathan, and then you look at the fact that David wasn't called forth out of the field when Samuel came to anoint a king, you know, I think that there's an interesting, so I think that just to underscore the point that usually vulnerabilities and deep connections are actually built when we go through hard times. When we, when we find a person that understands our pain and yet also understands our longing and our hope. And so I think that when we're talking about marriages, we have this opportunity to build lives with other people who share our longings and yet we need to not be afraid of going to those places that so are broken and painful. So then what you're saying is the hardship in our marriages can either divide us or they can cause us to become more intimate. Absolutely. So could this be what Jesus meant when he said, turn the other cheek? I mean, doesn't turning the other cheek mean keeping yourself vulnerable in a Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. I know that there's another application when people are, do hurt you that you'll take the risk of being hurt again, but who's the person that can hurt you the worst is the one who's closest to you. That mm-hmm. would be your spouse. Mm-hmm. So if you have that, I'm going to turn the other cheek and I'm going to take that risk of opening up my heart and using this as a ladder, as a stepping stone to grow. I think that we could have some very strong marriages and we need that because that's the picture of Christ with the church. I love that, John. Well, listen, people can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. They can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and we yep. want to, them to check out the Messenger Streaming. 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 Now, t- t- just in a real quick minute, what is Messenger Streaming? Okay, so we have got introduced a new vehicle where people can actually get access to a ton of the different messages, and they can stream them just like you would stream TV. They have access to more they could probably even look at over the course of a month, and they can look at it as much as they want. That's really cool. 